Hey everyone, I'm Nick. I'm Kelly. We're applying the good news of the gospel to fitness and everyday life from an everyday perspective, and we are definitely unqualified. Tell you what I did this last weekend. I went out to. You, I mean, we had breakfast together. I'm talking about the weekend before that. Sorry. No, you did not. Okay. So, a couple weekends ago, me and a buddy went out to Colorado. We went out to the Buena Vista area. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We went out to the Collegiate Peaks. So, there's like okay. 10 14ers out there. So, did me you and try this guy, to do a 14er? Yeah. So, I've done probably. <sighs> eight 14ers that I could think of right now. And every time I did them, I was in real good shape when I went and did them. So I knew what I was doing. Uh-huh. And you kind of see where this is going, but I'll get to where. How would you describe your fitness level while. right now? How would I describe my fitness level right now compared yeah. to my peak fitness level in life? If that was a 10, I'm like a solid four. Okay. Maybe a not great five. Not amazing. I mean, yep. I've been in pretty good shape. Uh, maybe a five and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be generous okay. to myself, you know, <laughs> give myself okay. grace. Maybe okay. that's not the right w- way to use grace. Anyway, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. So we go to Buena Vista and me and my buddy Foster, we have plans to hit three peaks in two days. And it's possible. Three 14ers in two days. It's, it's possible. Because when you go and do some of these peaks, they have a ridge traverse to the other peak. So while you're yeah. up there, you're not going all the way back down, then all the way back up. You're going yeah. like a half mile across. And you can yeah. see I did two today while really doing the work of one. Okay. So that was the goal. That was the goal. So we were going to do Elbert one day. And then we were going to do like an Oxford something else combo the second day. Uh-huh. So couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, we were looking at routes we're going to do. We're on 14ers.com and we're looking at Mount Elbert and we decided we're going to do Mount Elbert because it's the tallest 14ers. You got to say you did the tallest one and it's his first one. So he's like, I got to do the tallest one for my first one. So we look at the north slopes of Mount Elbert and it is the second easiest 14er in Colorado. And we say, nah, man, too oh, easy. Oh my gosh. Too easy. Oh, so no. without even doing research, I look at the southeast slopes of Elbert and I say, yeah, we can do that. That's only 10 miles. Piece of cake. I've done these things when they were like 16 miles. Mind you, I was in better shape and they were not this intense. So yeah, and you're like story, probably 21 or 22. I was. I'm 26 now and I'm not. Yeah. As I guess elevation elevationally able to adapt as quickly as I was then your lungs stink my lungs stink yeah they used to be better so we get out there Uh, Foster's never hiked a 14er I've stressed to him a few times how important it is to get up early and start the hike by like six at the latest yeah get to the trailhead at seven seven thirty perfect because he didn't want to get up and I think we're gonna be fine it's five miles up there it can't be that bad let me tell you, this was the most grueling physical thing I have done, maybe ever. It was horrendous. Ever? It was 
five miles in one direction with 5,000 feet of elevation gain. <gasps> you gained 1,000 feet of elevation every mile? Per mile. So you literally start in this parking lot at 9,700 feet. Functionally, but this is the back trail that is not as maintained. Okay. There are not nice stairs oh built gosh. into this nice trail. It oh, is a no. trail because people have walked it, and there are cairns. A cairn is a stack of rocks, and you follow the cairns when you're up above the tree line. <sighs> so we start going, and immediately out of this parking lot, it is like a, no exaggeration, it is a 35 or 40% grade out of the parking lot going Dude. up this mountain and it keeps up between a 25% and a 60% grade the entire hike oh my god the gosh. entire hike oh, so no. we get up there and we are burnt we are exhausted yeah and we're looking around at the peaks cuz we're up on the ridge and we're like man we're looking over and we see some people coming down and they're from Colorado and we talked to them for a little bit and they're like, oh, you guys are going to go do those tomorrow? We're pointing at the mountains while we're up there so you can see them. They're like, yeah, if you think this is hard, you guys will literally die up there. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so we said, you know what? We're going to call today a day. Tomorrow we're going to do an easy yeah. hike. But when it's all said and done, we ran out of water. That's we, Dude, that's how people die. We both went through probably a gallon of water on this hike oh my god like gosh. a ton of water it was record highs in colorado that week yeah so it was 90 degrees 90 degrees oh on this my mountain. gosh are you serious it was insane yeah uh, so we didn't run out of water until we were coming down in the shade so that was okay a plus. all right yeah so we go back to the car around probably four o'clock and we are just gassed uh, we are tired did you take food we're tired yeah, we took food. We were eating snacks all okay. day, and we'd stop and take all breaks right. a lot because the air was thin. The air was yeah. thin. Yeah. Yeah. So afterwards, we went to this hot dog place in town. Not great refuel food, but they were good hot dogs. Anyway, <laughs> that's not part of the story. Part of the story is I looked up on this website called The Hiking Project, the uh, elevation gain and all that stuff of the trail afterwards, and I did not look at this website beforehand. If I had looked at it beforehand, we never would have done that hike because it is the gnarliest, most ridiculous hike. Literally the top rated rating or like trail comment review on this website is incredible hike. Absolutely grueling uphill. Don't try it. <laughs> Why would you say incredible hike? Absolutely grueling in the same. Those are those are great antithetical. Question. That's a great question. You can ask Super Hiker 431 if you <laughs> He sounds like a super hiker if he had fun. Apparently. Yeah. Wow. But man. Yeah. All that, that to say, too. yeah, you gotta be prepared if you go hike 14 or especially yeah. if you're not 22 anymore. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not 22 anymore. Have you heard me say proper planning prevents poor performance? I have heard you say that a, a lot of yeah. times. Yeah, especially when you're hiking 14ers, dude. Yeah, we didn't plan super properly, especially we didn't plan our fitness properly. Yeah, you didn't so train. We, you weren't trained we at all to performed. do anything. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. Hey, but but we did it. We got to the top. Yeah. It looked cool. Man. It was hot. Goodness sakes. 
Yeah. So he probably should have had a little bit better foundation laid for prob- climbing 14ers. Yes, we probably should have had a much better foundation laid. In fact, instead of a better foundation laid, we should have had a foundation. Uh, foundation. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Just anything oh, would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Wow. That's really, that's crazy. Uh-huh. Wow. Man. So let's talk about foundations um, and spiritual foundations. Um, so I thought it'd be fun if we did like a, almost like a desert island, like top five, like what are your top five, you know, spiritual foundations if you had to, you know, you're just laying a foundation. So, you know, we're going to leave things out and um, it's not going to be perfect at all, but like, so let's, uh, let's work together to build a top five, you know, what are our spiritual foundations? So your top five, like if you're laying a spiritual foundation for your life, like what is the cornerstone? What are you laying down? What's first, um, what are you looking for first on your list, Nick? I think the thing I would look for first laying down my uh, foundation for my spiritual life, kind of the thing I take the island with me, if we're going to use that metaphor, is yeah, 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 is probably having learned how to pray and that like have faith through prayer. Mm, okay. Not just kind of reciting things to recite yeah. things, but mm-hmm. knowing I can trust God and praying out of that yeah and knowing who god is and praying out of that mm-hmm. and being able to get mm-hmm. comfort from that and being able to know how to look for answered prayers and using that to continue deeply with my relationship with god no matter what comes at me in life because mm-hmm. i think if you have that as one of your cornerstones on your foundation mm-hmm. if prayer is your cornerstone okay yeah all right so you got prayer coming in at number one I got prayer coming in at number one. Okay. All right. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, that makes sense. You know, one of the first acts is a believers to pray. Um, mm-hmm. So that makes sense. All right. Yeah. I think it's a lot of the times you see Jesus, he mm-hmm. throughout the gospels withdraws on his own and prays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So I think if I'm going to, yeah, coming at number two, you chose prayer, uh, prayers off the draft board, so to speak. I'm going to have to go with scripture okay. and just spending time in scripture. Um, you know, I think if you're wanting to, you know, walk in faith and in prayer, you have to turn to scripture. It's got to be, um, you know, the other, so, you know, there's four cornerstones or it could be a, we're going to build a five pointed building. So there's going to be five cornerstones. Uh, but, you know, Pentagon. I think um i don't necessarily like that connection <laughs> it has five sides right it will be a pentagonal building yeah yes okay yeah yeah anyway yeah not not related to the defense industrial complex but close okay yeah yeah it's the um, defense of your faith industrial complex <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that was a nice jesus juke yeah great jesus juke um yeah so scripture i think you know, first of all, scripture informs prayer. Like, you know, as, as believers, you know, if we struggle to know what to pray, um, you know, we can turn to scripture and learn what to pray from the Psalms, learn what to pray from what Jesus prayed, what, from what Paul prayed over the churches. Uh, so when, you know, I'm struggling to pray or when I want to pray a really deep prayer, I will, you know, turn to those, those, um, pages. And obviously it forms the cornerstone of our faith. You know, that's where we get, um, 
the tenets of of our faith and what we believe and why we believe it, how we, you know, think about it. You know, a lot of Christians, I think these days tend to um, kind of fall into this type of a la carte Christianity where it's like, well, I believe in God and Mm -hmm. I feel this way. And I like that, you know, I want to love others and I want to treat people fairly. And you kind of just pick and choose what, helps you and there's forgiveness and there's grace and, but scripture provides us the whole picture. You know, we don't just get to make up our faith and what we think it is. We have to look to scripture to tell us what, um, you know, walking with Jesus looks like. So I think for me, number two has got to be scripture for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If we didn't have scripture, we wouldn't know what any of this looked like. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So we got, Prayer coming in one, scripture two, what's three for you, Nick? I think three for me would probably be having a solid Christian community. Yes. Some kind of church, whether it be a Mm -hmm. handful of people and it's a small group or a larger group of people. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty clear when you look at the New Testament, the New Testament wasn't written to one individual believer or like me today. It's not only written to me, it's written to the Mm -hmm. church. It's written to everybody. And throughout the New Testament, it prescribes being in a local church. It prescribes encouraging one another. It prescribes leaning on one another when you're weak and praying for each other, mm-hmm. like we've talked about, teaching the yeah. word, preaching the word, all of those things. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a necessary lifeblood of your spiritual yep. life is being in a church. All right. Number three is it. Uh, church. All right. So church is off the board. Are you counting gospel community in that? Yeah. It's kind of what a church is, right? Well, yeah. 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 So under the church umbrella, there's a bunch of different things. You know, I'm thinking about like there's gospel community, there's like corporate worship and all that stuff. So that's a lot. So now I got to look for a number four. Church takes a lot of things off the big board. It does. Left on a draft board. board. Yeah. So we have prayer, scripture, uh, church, um, man. (laughs) All right. I think I'm going to go with, uh, I think I know where you'll go for number five. So I'm going to go number four with discipleship. Yeah. I think discipleship discipleship. will tee up, I think, where you're going to go with five. Um, You know, so like Jesus you know, our, our, our faith is not just for us. You know, Robbie Gallaty, who I've talked about a lot, says, you know, uh, the gospel is coming to you on its way to someone else. And the way that you do that is you help uh, people grow up in their faith. And, you know, you don't just take it in and hold on to it yourself, but you teach others also. You show others scripture. You show others how to pray. So as you're maturing as a believer, you know, you're working through your prayer life, you're, you're working through scripture and, and growing and, and understanding and applying scripture to your life. You're gathering corporately at church, you're in a gospel community, you know, Jesus calls us and teaches us and shows us how to take that and turn and, and show other people how to do that as well and, and multiply and replicate our faith in others um, so that the gospel carries forth. You know, you heard about the gospel. Everyone listening to this heard about the gospel because someone told them. And that's the essence of discipleship. 
number five, our last one is going to be service. Okay. I think in order to be a Christian, that is effectively kind of doing what we we're supposed to do, so to say, I think you yeah, ought to faith be that this. works. Yeah. Yeah. I think you ought to be serving in some way. I think mm-hmm. Jesus's ministry is profoundly, constantly, all throughout defined by service. Mm-hmm. Not only the things we've already talked about, also his service for people. And then we see that in the church, the church is literally surviving in acts because people are serving one another and giving things up for each other. Mm-hmm. And then just as it goes on, as Paul then writes letters to the church, along with some of the other apostles, we see over and over again, like, Hey, love and serve your brother. Hey, love and serve mm-hmm. your sister. Do it in this way, in this way, in this mm-hmm. way, in this way. Mm-hmm. So there's a multitude of ways we can serve one another. Mm-hmm. But the point is it's all to build each other up in the church and to glorify God. Mm-hmm. It's those two things that we're doing while we're doing service. We're not just picking up chairs after church. We're not just cleaning the bathroom. We're not yeah. just taking care of someone's kids for a night. We're serving other believers and building up the church. Nice. I think that's a super important thing. Yeah. Our church in Pennsylvania, if you were going to be a member of the church, they required that you uh, be a part of a community or a discipleship group. So you're in the church, you're in the life of the church, and they required that you serve some in some aspect of the church, whether that was you could serve as a community group leader, you could you know, serve as a greeter or whatever. And, um, but they you know, wanted people to be serving um, you know, and, and contributing to the life of the church. So, so we get our, our top five desert island you know faith cornerstones so we got we got prayer scripture scripture church or slash gospel community slash corporate worship Mm -hmm. discipleship and serving service yeah all right i think that's healthy that's healthy you know there's that's definitely as a good foundation to build a house on for sure there's certainly other things, you know, that you would add to that, obviously, yeah, but keep reaching down your bag and keep pulling stuff out if you want. Yeah. But. Yeah, for sure. So let's dream and build like, uh, a, you know, an ideal, you know, fitness lifestyle foundation. I'm going to let you build your own and I'm going to build my own because I think ours are going to be different. Okay. So probably substantially. And we can talk about areas of disagreement and agreement, but if you're going to put okay. together, like, let's do, Let's make it hard and do top three. Top three? Three big like aspects of um, you know, fitness lifestyle. What do you think is like number one for you? Like what's your fitness must have? If you're gonna have a fit and healthy lifestyle, what's the number one thing that you have to have? I think number one thing you have to have if you want to have a healthy lifestyle is not so much under the fitness category proper, but under the mm-hmm. healthy lifestyle category would be healthy nutrition. Okay. What does healthy nutrition look like to you? Healthy nutrition looks like having, I don't know, a balanced diet, but that's kind of the easy answer. What that looks yeah. like. What does that mean? Is saying, hey, I'm getting enough healthy proteins. I'm getting enough mm-hmm. carbs from appropriate sources, and I'm getting enough good fats. We're not just getting junk fats. We're mm-hmm. getting good healthy fats with omega-3s and stuff and help rebuild my joints and rebuild my ligaments and rebuild my tendons a little bit. Now, Nick, bottles of canola oil say they're high in omega-3s. 
is a bottle of canola oil a healthy fat for you to consume in your healthy diet? A bottle of canola oil would absolutely destroy your system if you decided you were going to dip into that canola oil a little bit too much. Yeah. I think a lot better. They're lying to you. They are lying to you. A much better source of healthy fats would come from things like fish or like fish oil. Avocado. Avocado. Yep. Beef. Just eat beef, everybody. Have a carnivore diet. Eat only beef. I'm not recommending that, but you could do worse things to yourself. You could do worse things like have canola oil beverage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not suggesting you drink it straight. (laughs) (laughs) You have any other uh, thoughts on a healthy, uh, uh, what was your first one? Nutrition? Healthy diet, healthy nutrition. Yeah, healthy nutrition. I think just making sure you get the right amount of calories because if Mm -hmm. we're trying to maintain a healthy weight, it's literally just calories in, calories out. Uh, Okay. If if you're just looking for a healthy weight, it's calories in, calories out. If you're looking for a healthy system, it's healthy macros. Okay. And making sure you get those macros from appropriate sources, which is how you get healthy macros. Yeah. And then healthy nutrition also goes along with like, hey, let me get some supplements in for some areas I'm missing. So maybe I'm going to take some vitamin D. Maybe I'm going to get some protein mm-hmm. powder after workout. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll take some creatine regularly before yeah. I work out or just kind of in general to help me hydrate my muscles yeah. better. Unless you have kidney issues, I was taking creatine and then my doctor drew my blood and he was like, hey, you're about to go into kidney failure. And I was like, oh, cool. Great. So I yeah. went off of creatine and guess what? My kidney function went right back up to normal skyrocketed those creatinine yeah. levels yep all right so healthy diet is number one for you yep so what's number one for you uh, i think it's got to be a strength-based uh fitness program and i want to be like very specific because like you tell someone to just go lift weights that means a lot of things and so, so we're talking about foundational you know, tenets of fitness and, and faith. I want to focus on like, for me, it would be a kind of a, what's called a five by five routine. Um, five by five refers to five sets of five reps. I'm not recommending that. Is that what you're doing? Does, does this count as uh, five answers as one of your one <laughs> answers to the three? No, I'm kind of cheating. No, I'm cheating a little bit. Okay. So, so a strength-based routine that is based on the bit, what are called the big five core lifts. And that is your barbell squat, your barbell deadlift, your bench press, your overhead uh, press with a barbell and your bent over row. So those are your big five. Those are working all of your major muscle groups. You know, if you're trying to work on your, your biceps and your triceps and get big arms, or you're trying to get calf definition, that's going to happen from those big five lifts. So it is those big, you can do those big five and only those big five for the rest of your life. You know, no, no dumbbell curls, no, uh, you know, calf raises, no, no crunches, no ab work. I famously, I not only do I hate cardio, I also hate abs. Uh, ironically, I also don't necessarily have abs, but, uh, you know, you can do a ton of work with just those five exercises. So I think if that forms the cornerstone of a strength-based programming, that is going to get you a long, long ways. 
it will get you a long ways no matter what your nutrition is. Um, now I'm not necessarily, I would not recommend doing that in a five sets of five reps scheme permanently. You definitely need to phase in and phase out of different, um, sets and rep ranges, but those exercises will get you a very long way in terms of, of building your, your overall health and, and wellness and well-being. So what do well, you got for number two? I think my number two is, and I'm going to kind of cheat and do what you did. So my number two has two points. All right. So two A, two B. Yeah. So two, the title of two is having healthy biomechanics. Okay. So what I mean by having healthy biomechanics is you have one good flexibility. Yep. And two, you have healthy movement or proper movement while you're working out. So you have good form while you're working out. So Mm -hmm. on the first one, you need to have good flexibility. And that kind of just ties into the second one where you have healthy movement. You can't have healthy movement without good flexibility and vice versa. Flexibility is going to help you, one, recover better. Two, Mm -hmm. build strength healthier. Mm -hmm. Three, use your whole kinetic chain. So, for example, if I'm doing a deadlift, my kinetic chain goes from my heels where I'm generating force into the Mm -hmm. floor to my shoulders, which Mm -hmm. connect to my arms. And that's my kinetic chain versus if I'm doing like a dumbbell curl just with my arm, my kinetic chain is just from my wrist up to my shoulder. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just the nerve pathway of the muscles you're using. So if you have good flexibility, you're going to have a healthier kinetic chain while you're doing your movements, which leads to better strength gain and better neural pathways forming over time. All right. And then healthy movement patterns or proper movement patterns when you're working out, just paying attention to form, making sure you don't overload the bar or pick up a dumbbell that's too hard. Uh, mm-hmm. I was watching something the other day explaining more in depth of like, hey, if you're trying to curl a 45 and you can't curl a 45 and you're kind of heaving it up there and it's pulling your scap. Oh, forward, that's the worst. Yeah. You're not doing anything to really build your arm. You're just twerking no, you're your not. shoulder and you're twerking your back yep. and you're just hurting yourself. Versus if you're able to hold your scapulas in, hold your back in, mm-hmm. and you can have like a 25 or a 30 that you're curling a few times. Yep. You're going to build a lot better muscle. It's a lot healthier. Yep. It's yep. going to help you a lot more in the long run versus just beefing whatever you can on your arm and you end up hurting yourself. Right. That's the best way to figure out the healthiest rep range and the healthiest weight is the most amount of reps that you can do with perfect form. Once your form breaks down, there is some science that says you could keep going, but in general, the layman should generally just stop and call that your weight and call that your reps for sure. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you on that. Awesome. So what's your number three? I haven't even said my number two yet. Oh, I don't agree that I don't agree that that's your number. Your number two is not my number two. So my number one was a strength, strength, Based programming, I think number two for me would have to be nutrition. So okay. ours are out of order. I think you're building somewhere. I'm saying if I you know can only take one thing, it's got to be strength training. If I can only take two things, it's going to be strength training plus nutrition. 
and I have a little bit different take on nutrition. Um, you know, calories in calories out is generally true. Um, I think the macros is, you know, for sure super important, particularly if you're trying to build muscle. Um, if your goals are to build muscle, gain strength, you need your protein to be up there. And you know, that's like 0 0.6, 0 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight. So like for me, that's like 150 to 160 grams of protein a day. Ideally I'm getting like 180 grams of protein a day. That's a lot of protein. Um, if you ever tracked your meals, it takes some work to get there. Most people are under eating protein. Um, I drink one protein shake a day and usually my dessert is protein based, whether that's with like protein powder or Greek yogurt or something. And I yeah, tend hey, to take, clock a, in. take a pause, walk these people through your dessert. Cause it's delicious. <laughs> I, I do a lot of different things. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend what I'm doing now. What Nick's talking about is taking uh, some sugar-free pudding mix. Um, I've done cheesecake flavor pudding mix. I've done chocolate fudge. Um, probably one of the favorites, and it's about to be that time of the year. Cheesecake pudding mix, a, a big container of Faye Greek yogurt, 2% fat because I'm not a monster. You should have some fat in your yogurt. Pudding mix. A monster a little scoop of maybe a couple tablespoons, maybe uh, three to four tablespoons of pumpkin puree, some pumpkin spice seasoning, and a little splash of vanilla. Whip that all together, and you're talking about a pumpkin cheesecake protein-packed dessert that is delicious. Now, what I'm it doing now... so good. It is very good. However, I have an insane sweet tooth. So what I'm doing now is I have personally decided to just send it on full sugar pudding. For me, I would rather just eat the sugar than eat artificial sweeteners. And I, so I've just, you know, given up the fight on that. So full, full sugar pudding, it's only like, I think 80 or 90 calories a serving. You're not really getting that much um, full sugar pudding mixed with a half scoop of protein powder and then mixed with like a half, maybe a half cup to two thirds of a cup of Greek yogurt. So I pre-make the um, pudding. If you make it all together, it'll come out uh, gloopy or not. It'll come out super runny because I, something happens with the protein. I don't know. I can't ever get it to mm. set up right. So I make the pudding the way it's supposed to be. Then I take my half cup serving out of that, throw in some protein powder, yogurt, mix it all together. Boom. Little protein dessert. So that's it. So I eat. A very heavy protein breakfast, protein dessert, and I'm still clock. It's I still struggle to clock in at 160 grams of protein a day. So if if that is your goal to build strength, build muscle, you need to be pushing your protein. Like Nick said, you know, healthy whole foods. Uh, you know, your fats from from your meats, your avocados, um, you know, your beans, stuff like that. Healthy nuts. Um, your healthy whole carbs from you know potatoes, rice. Um, says the guy who eats like bread and pasta all the time. I'm like, I like to say like, I, you can, I have a body that says that guy goes to the gym and loves tacos <laughs> and probably also cookies and donuts. So I should practice what hey, I preach a little bit more. I just mean that guy enjoys life. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just, um, 
yeah. And pushing, you know, so pushing your nutrition um, in that direction. And I encourage people and I've, you know, heard and definitely experienced it to be true in my life that the more you're pushing the strength, um, and I should clarify, that's a strength-based workout, full body workout, two to three times a week. That's, you know, the fitness, fitness gospel, according to Kelly. Um, <clears throat> your appetite will go through the roof. I'm eating probably 3000 calories a day. You want to talk about calories in calories out all the muscle that I have built on is eating up those calories. I'm eating 3000 mm -hmm. calories a day and that's my maintenance, which means I'm not gaining eating. weight. I'm not losing weight. I'm not, the scale's not moving. I'm eating 3000 calories a day to sustain my current muscle mass. And I am not that big of a dude. You know, no one looks at me as like, Oh, that guy's yoked. Nobody thinks that I'm just, I just work out. And yeah, I, I think he works out and loves tacos. Exactly. So for me, it's uh, strength-based fitness routine, nutrition. That's my one, two. You are nutrition and mobility biomechanics, biomechanics. What's your number three? My number three is just having a good, well-rounded workout routine where you okay. can focus on goals. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important in your workout routine to have goals. So you have somewhere you're moving to. And I think we've talked right. about this in previous weeks, but saying, Hey, I'm going to train towards this thing, whether it's, I want to squat this much weight, mm -hmm. or I want to deadlift this much weight, or I want mm -hmm. to get to a point where I can bench and push this much weight off my chest. Or if you're on the more aerobic side, you can say, Hey, I want to go do a triathlon in nine months. I got to start training for that. Saying I have this goal and building a well-rounded workout routine, or mm -hmm. if you're not experienced in building it yourself, you can go out there and maybe purchase one or ask someone to help you out mm -hmm. and committing to stick to that workout routine. So it's not saying, Hey, I only want to build my upper body. So I'm going to go in the gym five days straight and only work upper body because mm -hmm. chances are you're going to hurt yourself. It is not saying, Hey, I'm going to go train for this triathlon and I'm going to do it by only running and never strength training. Because 90% mm -hmm. of people that only run and never strength train hurt their feet or their ankles or their hips or their knees because yep. their kinetic chains are weak. Yep. So it's making sure you have a good, well-rounded workout routine. So one, you don't get hurt, but two, you also just achieve your goals and you get mm -hmm. where you want to get. And you're satisfied with your fitness. Yeah, for sure. I think it's funny. We're going to end up with the same ish top three different explanations in a different order. So I could tell you like, you know, you built a house and work towards your fitness routine. Mine was the foundation and, you know, nutrition's nice to have. And then my third is going to be mobility. It's going to be a little bit different, pretty similar to, you know, good healthy movement patterns and good biomechanics. But for me, mobility is huge. And I've experienced this, a ton. Um, so like I shared, you know, I got bad hip flexors and bad mobility, um, in my right hip and in my knee. But when I first started working out, I was doing the five by five program, like I mentioned, and that basically means you're doing these, the big five lifts. And every time you do them, you add five pounds to the lift and your body really doesn't notice when you throw in five pounds to every lift. And so suddenly you're getting really, really strong. Two weeks go by and you've added 25, 30 pounds to your squat and you didn't even notice. 
So it's a really great way to build strength really quickly. But every time uh, last summer, this time last summer, I was really getting into it. Every time I try to push the weight on my squat, I would throw my back out Mm. because I had no mobility. My hips were tight. My ankles were tight. Started, you know, researching, trying to figure out what was going on. Started doing a, a stretch called the 90-90, where you basically sit down and you have one leg out in front of you in a 90-degree angle, and you have your other leg cocked to the side of you in a 90-degree angle. And uh, you're just lean down into that. It gives you a good, deep stretch in, in your, your hips um, and in your mm-hmm. groin. And opening that up and doing those priming movements before I started squatting just set me off. Game I haven't changer. thrown out total game changer. I haven't thrown out my back since starting that. And I've added in other priming movements too. Um, you know, I follow a guy on Instagram, uh, squat university. He's a fantastic resource. One of the things he emphasizes is kind of a weighted hip. I don't know what he calls it. Extension where you basically have one leg uh-huh. out to the side, you're kneeling and you have a hip out to the side and you're holding like a kettlebell or a weight and you're leaning out and you're opening up your hips and really, you know, priming that movement so that you can get ready to do a good deep squat. I had a buddy who was struggling with his deadlift and I was like, Hey, you just need to lay down, do some glute bridges, some isometric glute bridges. So do a glute bridge, hold it for 10 seconds, do five of those, and then go into your deadlift. He texted me a couple of weeks ago. He's like, dude, total game changer. My deadlift has gone through the roof. So if you want to sustain strength training and as Nick pointed out running, I don't know anything about running. I would assume mobility helps, but mm-hmm. if you want to sustain strength training and strength gains and keep being able to work out, particularly as you get older, um, mobility is huge. And the emphasis with mobility is that it's not just flexibility. Like I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old and those guys are super flexible. They can put their big toes in their mouth. That's flexibility. You should see him deadlift. (laughs) You should see the oldest. He, he learns from mom and dad and he'll grab, I think he's, he can do a five pound dumbbell and he's working up to the eight pound. He has, he's picked up a 10 pound dumbbell off the ground and just started, you know, playing with it. He'll do an overhead press or a bench press. If you uh, help him with it, it's pretty funny. Jack three-year-old. Yeah. So they can put their toes in their mouth, but if you ask them to, you know, move with any sort of, uh, you know, weight bearing, they're not able to do that. So mobility is strength under tension. So with flexibility, so you're able to be strong and flexible in that movement. So you get into, you know, your 90, 90 stretch and you, you get into a deep squat and, you know, there's plenty of like gymnasts and, and kids who can sit in a deep squat, but there's not very many people who can lift 225 pounds up out of that deep squat. Mm-hmm. So that's where the mobility comes in that will help you sustain your strength training regimen and, and your fitness lifestyle. So, man, that was a good, that's a good healthy top three for both. I think it's funny that we both ended up with pretty similar top threes, just in different orders. It sounds like that's probably just the objective best top three. <laughs> probably. It sounds like we know what we're probably. talking about. Yeah, we're really breaking some ground. We are on, uh, the unqualified podcast. We are. All right. Yeah, let's wrap it up. I'm Kelly. And I'm Nick. It's the unqualified podcast. See you yep. guys next time. See you guys next time.